What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us for another episode. Um, we are here. Got got Elliot with me, freelance duck hunting, and we're going to go ahead and uh, jump on to the podcast for tonight. Um, but before we do that, guys, let's have a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into it. Um, so first off, like to give a big thanks off to Motion Duck Decoys, um, one of our most recent guests we've had on the podcast. Um, definitely enjoyed having Tom on there. Great guest talking about um pacific flyway and the um the motion duck decoy spreader that they that they use up there in washington and and we use ellie and i both use uh in our respective states as well so it's uh definitely uh a perfect solution for those no wind days um they got the decoy spreader and the ultimate decoy spreader um the regular ones for the ultimate is seven um it's super easy to put together gives light like lifelike motion definitely check out a video of it you'll be blown away um, and one thing I'm going to be trying this year with it as well is the dog walker that Tom talked about. Already got mine in, so I'll be trying that out um, as soon as I can. So definitely check those guys out. Duck Gun 2020, guys, for 10% off and free shipping. Guys, if you have not purchased your shotgun shells yet for this season, I would encourage you to give Boss Shot Shells a try. We switched over to that last year. Been using it for this is the second season. And I'll tell you what, you know, um, I've killed a lot of ducks with steel, but using bismuth, you can tell a difference. You just can. There's less birds that hit the water that are still alive. Um, it's just a fantastic shell. I'm using sixes, uh, two and three fourths, sixes for teal, fives for mallards, fours for geese. And man, it's just a wonderful, wonderful product. It's American made, high density, high quality. You can use that smaller shot size. And also they copper coat the bismuth. And the reason they do that is so um, the shot doesn't get as deformed and it doesn't um, react off each other as much. So it's got a much truer, straighter pattern than your traditional like lead would have. So it's a great product. Check it out. Boss Shot Shells. Awesome. I'd like to give a big thanks out to also Onyx um, and Onyx Maps, Onyx Hunting. Uh, definitely a, um, a super cool product they got there with the app um i spend hours just absolute hours uh looking at maps um just kind (laughs) of spending my time looking at whatever wetlands or ponds or public land that i can um get access to dropping pins all over the place um and you know here recently on hunts too using the tracking feature um definitely a big help and the new thing they got going too um is they got the beta right now for the 3d um able to see uh, kind of the map and, uh, you know, just a little bit better than that, uh, two, two dimensional shape. So, um, definitely cool over there, guys. Definitely check out on X map for all your public land or private land, um, map and hunting situations. Um, HDR innovations. This is actually Jordan's, uh, company, and I'm going to use this opportunity. There's been something I have not wanted to tell Jordan and I'm going to tell him and I don't think he's going to be very happy about it, but (laughs) Um, they've got great American made products. They have an A-frame that we use all the time, a layout pad I use all the time, uh, the quack pack, which I've got, have not had a chance to use yet. But one of the things I really, really love is the gun stand. Now I had one and I didn't really use it for a while. And, and Jordan's like, yeah, we got this updated. It's lighter. We've got this gun stand. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to fall in love with this. I got it two, three hunts in man. Absolutely in love with it want it on every hunt where I'm sitting in water. 
But I left it in the marsh, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, we can. No, I left it. I didn't realize it until about a week ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure I left it in the marsh. Yeah. So I may be giving HTR, my HTR um, contact, a call here real soon. Because now that uh, now that I've been getting into using it, it's like once you start using it when you're sitting in water, you don't want to hunt without it. It's it's that beneficial. Um, to lay in your gun on and your bags and, and it's got a little strap to strap your birds to it. It's a fantastic product, but yeah, three hunts is what I got out of that. Man, just wait till we get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also I'd like to give a big thanks out to uh, Gunners, Gunner Kennels, American Made Dog Box, Double Wall Rotom Molded, um, Five Star Crash Test Rated. Uh, again, guys, doing the, the Chase in the Opener Tour and Hitting all those trips, it's just peace of mind knowing that my dog's in the best dog crate possible. If anything were to happen, uh, I know he's going to be safe back there uh, in you know a dog box that dog box that is pretty much indestructible. Um, we've seen the testimonials: dogs in car accidents, and um, they come out of it unbelievably unscathed from um, these accidents that just look terrible. Um, so definitely, guys. Make sure to check out Gunner Kennels. It's a once, once in a lifetime purchase on these. They're indestructible. The tank of dog crates. Uh, so check those guys out. Use code DuckGun Space Ten for ten percent off at checkout. Another thing I need to confess is my new addiction that I have. That it's <laughs> going to cost me a lot of money. So for a long time, um, you know, I just. I bought a lot of waterfowl hunting clothes like at Goodwill and 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 um, garage sales, and I was just piecing it together. And then I started wearing banded waders, some banded shirts, some banded jackets, and and all of a sudden now it's like I'll be laying there. Next thing I'll be looking at my phone and I'll be looking at banded I'm like, oh, I want this. And I want that. In fact, in the mail shipping today, I've got three things on the way to me. I got some socks. I've got a little plate to go on the front of my truck. I've got <laughs> um, a dog parka. It's like I'm like, <laughs> geez, I can't stop. So, Cubanda.com, it they've got the coolest stuff. They're they're you really can tell when you're wearing it too because it's like quality and the rain stuff I've got. It's just you're warmer, you're you feel better, you think you look better. I mean. Banded Avery GHG decoys, everything possibly you want. If you if you want something, check out Banded.com. You can reach all three of those different companies to hook yourself up with some good stuff. All right. Also, would like to give a big thanks out to Finisher guys. Dispatching birds has never been easier with the Finisher t- tool. Um, no more wringing the neck, especially as you know a new person. It might be hard to figure some of that kind of stuff out. Um, I know that I've heard the horror stories of headless ducks and and ducks that kept getting dropped or kept, uh, uh, you know, or people trying all different types of meth- methods to finish the bird. Um, but it's so much easier and so much more respectful to our game uh, and our prey when we're using the finisher tool to dispatch the bird. Just a quick, quick slip of the finisher in the back of their head, and um, you can finish the bird right there. Um, like I said at the beginning, guys, uh, dispatching your birds is never easier and he just came out with here recently um his first american made uh model of the finish tool which is super cool uh, multiple different patents on it from uh a, it works also as a choke tube um wrench is that what you'd call it a wrench yep yeah <laughs> we'll, mm-hmm. 
pulls out the choke tube, um, you know, a bottle opener and a few other things. So uh, definitely cool little item there as well uh, added on to the finisher. Guys, check those those out at adrenal-line.com or just Google it if it's easier to find it that way. Um, and you can check out all the different models, colors, and selection they have of the finisher over there and use code DUCKGUN15, um, no spaces, for 15% off your order at finisher. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump on into the main topic of the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host along me tonight. Actually, Elliot is out for the night, but I do got a special guest. We got Zach Swampman. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Zach? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Yeah. Awesome. So this podcast is actually a long time coming. We've been talking about um, doing a podcast together for a while, and you know, obviously, Zach and me... Over the last couple of years, I've uh, been getting to be pretty good hunting buddies. So um, honestly, it's going to be a lot of fun doing this this episode here. Yeah, you know, like uh, have you ever seen a football game where the uh, second quarterback gets hurt and they, they see the coach <laughs> over, he's like, what do I do now? He's like, he looks over on the bench and there's this little round kid over. He's like, hey, get in there and throw the ball. There you go. You know, that's me right now. Awesome. I'm just having fun. <laughs> so um, Zach's giving, us, giving himself a little bit of a, a bad rap there. Um, Zach's, Zach's, uh, an excellent, excellent, um, hunter, um, honestly for your age too, uh, all things considered, you know, um, at, at a young age, uh, compared to some of the older folks that, <laughs> that I have on here and that I hunt with, I mean, you got, you got everything kind of, you know, figured out. Everything. Good <laughs> night. I don't know about all that, but I, I like to think I, uh, can get out there and kill some birds, but I still got a lot to learn. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's you know that's really the the same shoe we're all in with uh with hunting. Um, you know, it's just a learning game your whole life. But uh, um, you know, I guess before we even get into it, um, and you know, I, actually, I'll step back a little bit. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be going over some of the hunts we went over. We went out to Michigan for the Central Opener. Um, so we're going to be talking about that hunt. We had a great time up there. We worked harder than I don't know if we've ever worked on a hunt before, um, getting the job done. Um, you know, so that's going to be our topic. And then we're going to, we're going to go over our lessons learned, um, from the openers. You know, that's something we did last year on one of the episodes and, you know, it was a really good episode. You guys really enjoyed it. So here we are again this year doing, um, a lessons learned from the opener kind of uh, podcast here as well. But before we jump into that, Zach, um, real quick, let's go ahead and kind of give people the lowdown. You know, I, I know everybody doesn't watch the YouTube channel. So for people that watch the YouTube channel, you won't be a new face or a, a new voice. Um, but for people on the podcast that don't get over there on the YouTube channel, um, they might not know the legend of Swamp Man. So go ahead <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let people know a little bit about yourself. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, some of you guys will know I moved up here uh, a little before last duck season. That's when I met Jordan. Uh, I moved up here from the Carolinas, did duck hunting in the Carolinas for probably the past five, six years. Uh, before that, I was actually duck hunting in Indiana, though. Lived in Indiana. That's where I started duck hunting when I was 
uh, about seven or eight, you know, dad started taking me out duck hunting. I just learned to love it right off the bat, you know, from the time I shot my first goose and my first mallard and, you know, it just kind of escalated from there. Did a lot of field hunting at a young age and farm ponds, rivers, and just, you know, the old Midwest duck hunts, you know, that you would expect right there, you know, peeling off limits as you can, having a great time. And then you go down South and, uh, it was like learning how to duck hunt again. <laughs> I, uh, I went five years and I, I think I shot three mallards in those five years down <laughs> there. Uh, did a lot of flooded timber hunting, lots of wood ducks. I mean, just obscene amounts of wood ducks. Uh, and then all the way down to the coast, did a lot of coast hunting, you know, lots of divers, uh, ruddies, redheads, you know, canvas backs, bluebills, ring necks, stuff like that. in the rice fields in Charleston, um, duck hunting all the way to Wilmington, North Carolina. So just, you know, totally different hunting from what you would expect from up here. And then moving back up here, it was like learning how to Indiana hunt again. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd probably pick this Midwest hunting cause it's just versatile, man. You can, one day you can be in a field and just hunting geese all day. And then the next day you can actually go and find a wood duck hole and smash wood ducks like you would down South. So I love it up here, man. You just, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, kind of even, you know, with our, our travels up North here, yep. I mean, I think that's been just opening a whole new window of, of opportunity. Um, you know, where we live in Indiana, it's very, uh, populated with people. Um, and there's really not a ton of hunters, but being populated with people, the competition is pretty stiff on the small amount of public land and private land as well. So it's really hard to get permission private land. It's really hard to um, compete on public land, not because you can't outwork people or can't out you know play outplay the birds. It's just people stacked on people, and that's just no fun for anybody. Nope, nope. <laughs> so that's you know that's kind of what we've kind of experienced going up here to Michigan. Um, and I hope we're not uh, making anybody mad by uh, hot spotting Michigan is <laughs> our newfound love for duck hunting up there in Michigan. So, um, but yeah, kind of, kind of jumping back to what you're saying on your hunts. I mean, you've really lived, um, a pretty cool, um, unique life as far as the hunting goes and so, some of the stuff that you didn't touch on, which, you know, maybe this is for another, maybe for another episode at some point, but, uh, um, you did a lot of dog running, you got championship dogs and, yep. um, you had your own, own kennel and, and all kinds of crazy stories. Honestly, um, you lived a, a, a country kind of hunting life that, yep. uh, uh, that not many people are, are able to do in this time and day and age anymore. So that's uh, definitely pretty cool. Yeah. As they say, I lived the yee yee life for a few years <laughs> the, there. No the, doubt about that. You know, champion, your whole life <laughs> champion, several foxhounds right there. I'll clear that. I haven't championed a, a lab yet. I haven't championed a duck dog, but that's a goal. Uh, I'd love to start a duck dog kennel eventually one day, but that's, that's on down the road. I'm learning a lot. I just finished training my first lab and, it's far from perfect. You know, I learned a lot there. It's, it takes a lot of patience, but yeah, like, like Jordan said, you know, I, I raised fox hounds for years right there and, uh, field trialing them and championing them and, uh, all the way down to hog hunting with them right there and all. And, and, uh, another thing I kind of forgot to mention was every year for about five years, well, four, four or five years, dad and I went down to Texas, uh, for a month out of the year and we'd work on a Christian camp down there. And, uh, but we may or may not have purposely scheduled that during duck season. <laughs> and I mean, wow. If you guys haven't duck hunted in Southern Texas, 
do it. I mean, it was oh, some of the coolest hunts I've been on Jordan, probably my Texas hunts, honestly. Uh, just Crocs and shorts <laughs> and a T-shirt out in Lagunas. If that doesn't scream Swamp Man, nothing does. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to live, you got to walk the walk, you know. But, hey. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and um, let's jump into the hunt. So, um you know, I'll take lead on on the first the first hunts we're going to talk about, and then we'll jump to you on lead on the next ones. Um, you know, we'll just we're just going to talk through do our little hunt update here. Um, so central opener, we had the central opener for Michigan. Um, got Swamp Man lined up to hunt with me on that one. So this has been our two year tradition now going up there um, for southern or for central openers, and and man, the central opener has been good to us um, both years. Both years we had to work hard, and um, and you know this year was no exception. Kind of. Uh, we got out to where we we're planning to hunt and we ended up being there at 1120, 1120 at night. Um, and you, th- and the whole at time, the boat ramp. yeah, at the boat ramp and the whole time we're driving there, I kept saying, man, I hope we're going to, I hope we're going to be there first. I hope, and you kept telling me that you didn't think anybody was going to be there. No, I, I was, I was like, man, we are the only people that are dumb enough to be at the boat <laughs> ramp at 1130 in mid Michigan for a duck hunt. No, and wrong. It, yep. <laughs> That's the thing. I will get. I have to give Michigan, Michiganders, Michigan folk, Michi- uh, Michigan folk. I like it. Yeah. Michigan folk, Michigan. I don't know what it is. You people. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I have to give them their props because man, they're a different type of crazy when it comes to their outdoor activities. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's there's people like that all across the country, but there's definitely a, a little bit of different vein with, with these Michigan people and uh, Michigan folks. <laughs> oh, I, I have a respect for their drive when it comes to the outdoors. I, I don't think it's, I have never seen anything quite like it, you know? So yeah, for sure. Uh, <coughs> they've got it going when it comes to uh, getting out there, getting out there early and going places that most people <laughs> just don't even want to go. Yeah, so we got there at the boat ramp and what it was four boats were already in there at 11:20. At 11:20 there was four boats not at the ramp, there was four boats out at their spot already and several <laughs> people had already walked in. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was lights, you know. I I'd, yep. I'd say there's what at least three or four people that we could see that walked in with yeah. lights. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if those were the boats or not, but uh right. it's hard to say, but Yeah. So that there's definitely it's just it was just crazy that there's that many people out there. We knew the competition was stiff in some of these public land areas, and you know that's kind of um, my bread and butter. I love going to public land places where you got to work hard and 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 go from that. And so as soon as we got there, like we thought we were gonna be able to kind of like chill, relax, like kind of go about our our pace kind of slow. And oh, I was planning on cooking some uh, brats <laughs> before we hit the boat, before we hit the water right there. But yeah, that didn't work out. No, once we saw that, we just went into high gear. We literally we put all our clothes on as fast as we could. Got out in the water, um, you know, dropped the boat in the water, uh, got everything loaded I mean, we, on. We almost forgot the plug. Yeah, in the boat. Yeah, that's how. That's <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a lesson learned right there. Don't yep. get in a big hurry because man, we we about forgot to put the plug in the boat for a half second. Yeah. So uh, we got out there though, and it was honestly it was probably a good thing that we got out as quick as we did because um, this the water level up there um, in Michigan this year, and I don't know if it's the whole state, but we were. Uh, it's not the whole state because I was up in UP the the week before, and uh, water level was like up a foot there. Th- here it was down like two feet at least. Yeah. yeah, and so it was down crazy from last year. And we kind of had like an okay idea of how to get in there from last year. Again, we don't had we didn't have great experience on this place. Just you know, just a few months. So 
Um, you know, going in there again, kind of thinking, hopefully we can take the same route as we did the, the year prior. But with the water so low, we just couldn't we couldn't get through where we we had in the past. So uh, I mean, we worked up and down, up and down. Um, this this uh, main channel, yeah, main channel and the brush and and trying to find a way through to kind of a further back section in there. And we just, I mean, we just couldn't get it. And eventually we just had to decide, um, no, we're just, we're going to hop out of the boat and we're going to drag it on, um, you know, really, it was like really, really shallow water. Um, and like a 10 foot gap maybe that we had found. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was really hard. We didn't even know if we were going to be doing the right thing when we did that. So we ended up pushing the boat. I mean, it was hundreds of yards. We were walking with the boat in the water, pushing the boat through just inches of water. We had like a, a long rope and we're pulling it with that. Inches of water in about a, I don't know, foot, foot and a half of just muck. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, pull your wader boot right off your foot, muck. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. nasty stuff. Yeah, and so I mean, we did that, and every time we kept we'd come to a little opening, we think maybe, oh, this is maybe this is that, and now nah. just keep going. Another one, finally, finally, we were able to get back in the boat, and we were able to I don't even know go several hundred more yards in the boat down further towards the section. And all we're doing is we're like basing it off of trees, and uh, you know, from prior prior knowledge, um, trees and onyx pins, and um, you know, I wish. Last year, we would have known about the tracking feature with Onyx, and, and I didn't know about it. Um, or maybe I just heard about it, but but we didn't use it last year. And that would have kind of helped us a little bit to be able to see kind of the route we took. Oh, for sure. With the tracking. So I actually tracked it on the way out um, <laughs> the second day. Uh, but, um, yeah. So we were able to get down to the end of this pool. We had to actually push the boat further into another pool. And finally, we just said, um, this is where we're going to stay. And we actually we saw feathers in that bigger pool. Um, and we had a color, a, a couple other options, but, um, we wanted to get further back than anybody else. We want to make sure that we were, um, as far away from everybody else as we could be, um, to give us a best shot at the birds. And, uh, even then after we got in there, I kept saying, man, I hope nobody comes, uh, up that pool behind us the whole time I was stressing about it, uh, all morning, but it took us, how, how long did it take us from the boat ramp in the video? I think I said it took us four hours. Is that three hours and 45 minutes? Cause Brock, my buddy that went in there with us, he had uh, he said he had sent his mom a text message when we got there, and he checked it when we got there. He said three hours and forty minutes on the dot is what it took us to get from boat ramp to the spot. We said, "All right, <laughs> all right, we're done. <laughs> this is it." So if if we would have known what like what we're doing, how how much quicker could we have gotten there? You think? <laughs> like where where we needed to be? If yeah, we had, if we could have used our tracking. Yeah, if, if we would have been to that same pool. Well, I mean, I would say we at least wasted an hour, hour and a half just looking for that gap. Yeah. In the water. Once we hit that gap, I mean, you know, we we kind of we kind of went on the straight. Right? It just took it still took us forever, but we had a straight shot, you know. So, I would have said I would say at least an hour and a half to two hours it would have saved us. Yeah. If we, if we would had that spot marked on on it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like on a normal year, I think if you know the exact routes to get through that marsh and the water level is at a normal level. Oh yeah. Where you don't have to get out. I mean, you can buzz through there thirty, forty five minutes maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think last year, um, you know, we took a boat and we actually did two trips. We had so much gear with us, but we also had a smaller boat. We had a fourteen foot John boat. Um, but last year, I think it was taking me yeah about thirty five minutes to go from 
when I dropped you off back to the truck to get Ellie and the other stuff right there, I think it took me 35 minutes to get back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, water level absolutely killed us this year. Um, as far as getting back there to the spot. Um, now I will say is with the water level, I feel like it also kind of helped us as far as the birds go, uh, kind of confining the spaces where they could go. They couldn't just fly and land wherever mm-hmm. they wanted to go. There's less, you know, ponds and pools for them to go land in. Yeah. So I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a definitely an interesting factor having that water level so low. So we ended up setting up and still, even with where we set up, it was probably not optimal. Um and once it got daylight, I think we found a lot of more options that we would have rather gone with. But in the dark it's so hard to see. Um <laughs> Well, you know what they say, Jordan. Scouting from the blind is some of the best scouting out there. That's true. It is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kind of jump into the hunt there. So we got set up, um, cooked a little breakfast, kind of chilled. Uh, we didn't sleep at all. We had, you know, by the time we got there, what, we had a couple hours, two and a half hours till shooting light. I mean, that drug on, though. Like, it drug, that two and a half hours felt like it took five, six times the length of that four-hour trudge into the march marsh because that like it felt like nothing it literally felt like we snapped our fingers and that four hours was gone oh well here's the thing for me that you know the the four hours went by and i got sweaty like (laughs) (laughs) i broke several sweats on the way in there and i got wet as that that was the problem and it was 38 is that correct 38 i think it was that morning i think i'd done a 34 yeah 34 okay well i was cold at one point um i put the grill on i put it in the boat took my waders off and I was standing over it in my long johns, <laughs> literally standing over the grill, trying to dry off and get some heat up in me there. And it was whew, a little nipply out there. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's definitely chilly. Um, I didn't, I don't think I got as cold as you, but I definitely, it was like, you know, about the 30 minutes till shooting light. And then I got cold. But as soon as the action started and I know Brock was cold too, but none of us were cold. None of us were oh, thinking no. about it at all. Adrenaline warmed me up real well. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we saw the birds flying, <laughs> And I mean, there's just birds everywhere. I mean, birds flying everywhere, people calling, people shooting. And I, I've said it before at this spot. It just sounds like World War II, World War III, whatever you want to say. Just guns going off everywhere, all around us. And for us, I would say we didn't have a lot of shooting to start with. So I know for me, when you hear it, like I wouldn't, like personally, I wouldn't be disappointed like normally with that. But when you hear everybody else, with their guns just ablazing, it's it's almost hard not to feel that kind of oh crap like we've we've done something wrong here or, like why aren't we shooting as much as everybody else? Did you kind of have the same feelings or or oh, no? Yeah, they're they're for like <clears throat> first fifteen what was it probably fifteen twenty minutes before we started getting into them there. Uh-huh. I, was, I was getting a little worried. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, and we had a lot of birds circling like right behind us. It's kind of weird because we put the boat blind in a way. And uh, set up the birds and the decoys in front of us. And we had birds circling behind us. And they really wanted in the pool behind us. So we'd be calling at birds and they'd circle around behind us. We had birds that were calling that were going further down into the marsh that would fly past our set. But we were able to pull in um, a a couple singles. I missed on the first one. Um, I just straight dumped the second one, one shot. Um, And then we had a flock of three come in. And uh, we... we split on one. You ended up, you ended up finishing that one off, um, and that was kind of the first part of our hunt. I mean, I think what we we're like forty-five minutes, an hour in, um, and like we could have, we could have shot more. We just didn't um, because we were trying to 
be conservative in the low light and not take passing shots just because we didn't want to have to be out looking for birds um, and wasting, you know, that first morning flight. A lot of times I feel like um, I've had that in the past where you shoot one, it's crippled, you got to jump out of the boat, you got birds flying, and you just would have been better off, you know, not taking that shot that's a little bit of a stretch. You know, you don't want to take that 35, 40 yard shot first light and, you know, dump a cripple into the brush and have to be searching with your dog for 25 minutes while you're missing the best shooting of the day. So we could have shot more, but we played it kind of conservative. We had a lot of passing shots right overhead um, that we just didn't call a shot on. Yeah. We had that talk Friday night, Saturday morning, you know, I think we had that talk on the Mm -hmm. way there Friday night, but we said, you know, let's, let's not be super aggressive Saturday morning. Let's, you know, make good kills out in front of us. Let's not, be sailing birds off into the grass and brush and not looking for them or losing birds so and i mean i mean i don't think you can ever make a bad decision you know being being responsible about your kills right there and all yeah and there's like a fine line there's 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 something i've i've talked about and tried to kind of do in the past and it's something i would call like killer instinct and you know you, you got guys that uh hunt um I don't, I don't want to say this in a negative way because it's, it's good to be um, making sure you have good shots too. But a lot of times in the Midwest compared to, you know, I give Elliot crap all the time because Central Flyway, they just have so many birds and they can be super picky. And, you know, he's, we talked about it on some of his early till season videos and they could just wait all day and it, it didn't matter. They're going to shoot their limit. If they waited to take the six best shots they found between noon, they would have had a hundred options and only had to shoot six times and, and kill their, their limited till. Um, but we might not have that. So it's like, you know, there's the fine line between being conservative and having good shots and also not letting the ones that fall in that category get wasted. Um, and you have to have that killer instinct a lot of times to make the best of your opportunity. So there's always that fine line, but we knew, you know, opening day, this marsh historically on the, on the little history we knew of it holds a lot of birds and, um, it feels like, uh, you have, you just, you ha- you're always in the game there. You know, you have a chance to, uh, kind of do what, what you said, scouting from the blind and figure it out. And that's kind of what we did. Um, you know, I said, okay, let's, let's make a move. Um, I want to jump down here further to the left. I've seen like 10 birds finish over here. And, uh, you kind of came back with, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to hide really well down there. And, you know, valid point for sure. Um, because the first place I went to down that, that way, we wouldn't have been able to hide. I was just leaning up against a tree, which was, you know, not a great hide at all. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think three of us would have, uh, made the trunk of that tree look too awful, uh, hidden, but no. Yep. And so I sat there and it was kind of just more of a, a better vantage point to scout, you know, further down that way, you know, I walked several hundred yards that way and stopped and, and watched, you know, put my decoys out, leaned on a tree. And I think as one person leaning on a tree, you have a, a chance of shooting birds and I have birds working the decoys. Um, but I was still close enough to you guys. I could hear them working. We actually had one, um, and this part actually didn't make the video. I had a pair that came through and, you know, I just let them work the decoys. They didn't land, had a chance to shoot at them. They kept <clears> flying <throat> on and then they decoyed into you guys and you guys finished that wood duck. So, yep. Um, you know, I felt, <laughs> I felt validated not taking the, the shot where they weren't, you know, the, I'd not taking the passing shot and it went over to you guys and finished. So, um, but from sitting there, I actually could see birds finishing in this back pond. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to move again. So I trudged to the next pond and by now both of those walks, you know, several hundred yards, I'm just already like, I, I'm almost on E if not on E already. <laughs> 
Um, and so I got to that pond, set up, got back in the brush, um, worked my first couple birds. And again, they finished further towards the tree line. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even realize there was more that way. I thought that pond was the end of the water and it wasn't. So I walked through that pond, walked through the next brush. And actually I should back up. When I walked to that pond, I busted up a bunch of birds. I don't know, 30, 40, same thing. When I went to the next pond, busted up 30, 40. And it's, it's no wonder me calling with like a mojo and three decoys on a, on a pond and a pond that's literally 50 yards away, 60 yards away, um, just over the brush there. It's no wonder that the birds were finishing to, you know, 60 live birds over there. So it's hard to compete with live birds there. But once I busted up those, I'm like, all right, here's the promised land. I got it from here. And so, um, from there, actually I had a really good, a really good hunt. And so I set up over there and I was just finishing birds. I finished in a couple wood ducks, pop, pop, um, I shot one passing shot at a till, you know, poorly ill-advised shot, um, at a till of all things and, and, uh, lost it in the brush. So number two on the year, Elliot will, uh, chastise me later, um, for losing another bird. So, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was able to, I'm trying to remember how many birds I got, but, uh, I finished, oh yeah, now I remember shot two hens, two wood ducks over there. And I had the one Drake from earlier. Um, but after I shot those and every, every bird was just working in great. Like I, I finished a flock of five right in my face, literally decoying in. The only problem I had, I was like so well hidden that they'd flare off to the side and I wouldn't get a good shot at them. So I'm like running around the bush trying to shoot one. And, um, you know, I had one that decoyed into literally 10 yards, just flying right at me. And I was trying to text Zach and let him know that, Hey, I, I'm on the birds over here. Um, and, uh, <laughs> bird flying right at me and I literally whiff over three. So, um, but it was, it was well worth the walk over there. Like I said, it, it almost killed me to walk over there. Not literally figuratively. I was freaking dead. Um, I had two huge blisters on each, each one of my feet from that, that walk over there. Uh, Zach, Zach saw him. I showed him to Zach. How nasty were those blisters? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having nightmares to this day of those blisters, <laughs> man. Hey, they're all healed up now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. Yeah. So I'm good to go for the next walk, but <laughs> <laughs> you're good till you're not. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah. So then you guys actually split off from the boat too. So so what did you guys end up doing? Yeah, so from Brock, uh Brock and I's perspective, man, you know, Jordan decided that he wanted to go back there and as as much as I wanted to go with them, I you know, we had kind of walked back there when we first got in there at like whatever three o'clock in the morning and we knew there wasn't a whole lot of hide at least in that first little channel that i thought he was going to end up at what looked like where the ducks were going roughly so i was like you know man i i don't know if three of us will be able to hide if it would have just been jordan and i, I would have definitely gone right there and we just stuck with it but i said you know three of us and two dogs you know i wasn't couldn't really leave a dog at the boat right there and so i was like you know you go do your thing i was like we'll st- we'll ride this hole out. And if, you know, if it's not working out, I was like, you know, we'll move somewhere where we see birds going. And that's exactly what we ended up doing. Uh, you know, we, we had the two wood ducks come over and I worked them. I think they circled one time and the Drake finished or, or he was feet down right in the decoys. And I called the shot, but the hen just kept on flying right there. And we pulled up and Brock just made a great shot and just graveyard dead right there over the decoys. But, after that, we'd work a couple, and they just weren't wanting to finish. I don't know if it wasn't just 
we weren't on the X, if they we you know, if they were seeing something they didn't like. But I mean the X was about seventy five yards behind us. I mean, we watched I'd say roughly twenty to thirty mallards go down to this little pond back there. So after that I'm like, all right, Brock. I was like I believe it's time to make a move. So we grabbed uh four four decoys and a mojo and the dog and the gun, one gun bag, you know, just bare minimal. And we walked back to this pond, um, got in a good hide, tall reeds over our heads. How was that walk over there? Oh dude. <laughs> it was rough. At one point, uh everything but the gun went in the water. <laughs> I was I was sitting on the ground, just barely not top of my waders and right mm-hmm. hands, just holding the gun up in the air, yep. sleeving all down in the water. <laughs> and, and when it, you say a pond, just so just to kind of clarify, yeah, okay, yeah, like this whole thing's a marsh. So that, like even everywhere you walked there, it was like high grass, but just covered in water. And even yep. if you're not in that high grass, you're like walking on bog, and then Float, then you're walking floating bogs, yep, floating bogs. And then if you're walking in the water, it's muck bottom, and you're in like shin deep. Yeah. In the muck, if not higher. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, shin deep was about the, the, the shallowest the mud was. It, at one point, I was all the way up, almost to my waist in a in a hole of mud. And literally, I had to just like, just kind of give up and just rest for a second and then crawl <laughs> up out of it. I mean, it was, like, I'm just walking along and I'm like, shin deep in mud. And the next thing I know, I just, both feet just sink and there's just no bottom. And yeah, it's, there's, it, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean the walk over, man. I say it was seventy five yards, but it took us probably twenty minutes just to walk <laughs> seventy five yards, no joke. With nothing. I mean it's just you know, a couple decoys in the hand and the gun in the other. And uh but yeah, we get over there, getting a I felt like it was a really good hide and I mean I we never got busted while we were over there. And at this point, it was you know, we definitely missed a good flight. Um, but we jumped, like I say, probably thirty ducks out of there. And it's just uh, probably 50 yards across, maybe 75 yards long of us just, you know, lily pad, standing water type deal. And, uh, yeah, so we sat there. We were, I mean, we, we were going to try and shoot. If if we had the opportunity, we were going to shoot some as they jumped off right there, but we, we didn't get close enough. So we got set up, threw the decoys out, and I wouldn't even say 10 minutes later, we have a pair, and they just cup right up right down i pull up shoot the mallard the mallard the, the hen peels off right and uh brock was not quite able to uh kill it um but uh without another probably 20 30 minutes go by um we had four i mean i was sitting there working some other birds from behind us and brock was watching the ones in front of us we we, we thought we were looking at the same birds we were watching two totally separate groups of birds and so I'm watching these ones on the left, and Brock goes, "Are you gonna call the shot?" <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, no." I'm like, "There's, they're coming down though." He's like, he looks at me and he see, he kind of sees where I'm looking, and he looks up. And he's, oh, you know, he kind of realizes what's going on. I'm watching the ones behind us. He goes, "There's four in the decoys." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I gotta turn my head real slow. I'm like, oh, there's four between us and the decoys, and so. You know, I'm like, all right. It's like, I'm going to count down and we're going to shoot. Well, about that time, I don't know what they saw. Um, but before I could even make a countdown, they, they hop up. And uh, I pull up, shoot shoot a drake, another drake. 
and uh, he pulls up, shoots once, and the rest of his the, the last two shots he he couldn't get off. His gun jammed, um, and I shot two more shots uh, at the butts of these ducks and couldn't. <laughs> like I say, it's it's beginning of season. <laughs> I, my shooting has to come a long ways or something because shot two more times and didn't knock anything down. But we did get one Drake out of that, um, and then. I don't know, maybe an hour later, had a single come in, feet down, just perfect, and I pulled up and shot him. And that that's really how that one ended for us. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was talking, George, called Jordan, and, you know, we're kind of going back and forth on updates. So we ended up shooting four. He ended up shooting five over there. And uh, so, you know, we're kind of texting back and forth. He's like, all right. <sighs> <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm dead. I need water. I'm coming back. I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I hang up the phone. I look at Brock. I'm like, all right, we're going to give it about 10 more minutes. And then we're going to go back to the boat and we're going to cook old Jordan up some, some broths <laughs> and get him some water ready to rock and roll. And that's exactly what we did. And so all in all, uh, that day, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, I killed three and Brock killed one. You killed five. So that'd be nine, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 how the that's how the hunt ended for us as far as hunting goes. Yeah, yeah we it was we, it was nine very well earned. Oh, birds. we we earned those <laughs> for sure, and and we we should have had more, could have had more, could have oh, yeah. taken shots we didn't take, we missed shots we did take, um, but I mean, just a fun time. I mean, you can't, oh, yeah. you can't be upset with a hunt like that. Just, now three guys and nine birds like that, public land grinding it. I mean. To me, that's every bit as fun as going on like a, a private farm pond. And we and we do private, private farm pond hunts a lot, you know, um, and we shoot limits out there. But that was every bit as fun going out there and grinding it and working for it. And, so, you know, I wouldn't want either one all the time. I wouldn't want private farm pond limits all the time. And I wouldn't want these public land grinds every single time because, man, it wears you out. But, yep. um, you know, it's I wouldn't. I couldn't imagine not doing it now that I know, you know, now that I uh, have experienced that type of hunt. I love it. I love getting after it like that. And one thing I'll kind of add to the end of mine uh, over there is I actually had, I was finishing mallards, but um, early season, I couldn't tell. Once I shot the two hens, I couldn't tell if they were drakes or hens. So, um, you know, I I finished a drake in and and couldn't tell, you know, and so he just flew away. I landed a hen in my decoys. I could tell, obviously, that one was a hen. She landed the decoys, sat there the whole time or for a, a good little bit, and then she flew off. So I was finishing birds over there, but that's kind of why. I, I mean, I really wanted to shoot my limit over there after doing all that work for it. Um, but you know, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Once I finished, I think I finished like three groups of mallards, and I and I couldn't tell. I just couldn't tell because none of them had green on their heads um, early season. So I said, I'm just going to sit here all day, um, and I'll have to wait for a teal or a wood duck or for you know, or for a Drake, but I just couldn't tell. So I ended up, um, walking back to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, he, he literally comes walking up, doesn't even take his gear off. I mean, he had a backpack on, gun over <laughs> his back and the man just face first flops down in like two inches of water. Not even no two, well, like one inch of water in the grass just lays down. I'm like, all right. That was a, it was a rough walk back, and my feet were killing with those blisters just, like, wide open. So Yeah, but do you remember what got you back on your feet, Jordo? I think it's the first whiff of that brat. 
No, what do we have? <laughs> I don't remember. That was, that was oh eggs. no, yeah, you're right. That was it was eggs. it was the eggs and yeah, I cooked up the uh, the old special egg and goose sausage burritos, the breakfast burritos. Man, those things were so good. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, from there we uh, we ate and we realized that we had you know after we'd all expended our gas tanks, now we had to get on out of there. So. <laughs> And the, the ride out was so much easier in the daylight. Yep. It was still rough, but yep. so it, made, it just made such a big difference. Being and we could daylight. we could tell where it was shallow when where it was deeper, and we kind of weave in and out and follow that. And we still, you and Brock, you know, especially had to keep getting out here and there. And you know, I had it a couple times, but um, being the guy on the motor, I didn't have it quite as hard as you guys did. Um, and we should we we need to give Brock props. You know he's not here, but I, I think I said in the video he's the Energizer Bunny. But I mean he didn't complain once, and he was hopping in and out, and it was like he was walking on water compared to us two because yeah. <laughs> we would sink in the muck uh, to our kneecaps, and he's just walking around like it's nothing. So yeah, he uh, had a little bit of a weight advantage there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not to take anything away from you, you Zach, because you you guys both worked hard while I was on the on the boat motor and i was out of energy too by the end of the day but um yeah we we worked hard for it for sure i was like when i invited brock i said you know hey i said we're going up to this marsh in michigan and i was like i i've never hunted anything like it i was like it's a great time it's a heck of an experience but you have got to be tough i like this is one of the tougher hunts i've ever been on (laughs) i like you gotta be tough oh i got it i got it i'm like dude (laughs) I'm not lying. Like, I don't want you to be like, man, why'd you invite me? That sucked. Like this, like we'll kill birds. I promise you we'll kill some birds, but it is rough. And he, man, he didn't complain once. You uh-uh. lied about that. He sure didn't. And he loved it. Loved it enough to go back with me the next weekend. So yeah. he must've liked something about it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, to kind of, kind of speed, let's, let's speed it up here a little bit, I think. But, uh, um kind of we'll give you the cliff notes thing for the for the second day um but we went back we got to the hotel I mean, we slept i think from like on average most of us slept like 5 30 to 4 30 so like 11 hours straight just went for it slept hard um woke up the next day and got out to the marsh and were we first out there even i can't even remember um no there's one other boat remember that <laughs> one other one other trailer there was there one or there was, no? There was a couple, right? Oh yeah, there was two. Yes, yeah, right. There was two. Yeah. So even at like we got there on the second day at like four thirty, and we're still getting whooped out there. It's like dang, freaking mission ganders are crazy, man. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah, not not crazy in a bad way. Crazy in 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 the good hunting way. That same way we're crazy about it. So in the respectable way. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we went out there second day and, um. Again, we found a way, we found a different way out that day before. That's, you know, and uh, you had went in, since I was driving, you had went in and entered um, your pin or you did the tracking on the Onyx. Either way, I think what happened was, because I, I played around with the tracking too, is you push the tracking and then you forgot to go back into the app. And when you went back to the app, it, it says, do you want to resume the tracking or discard? And I think you pushed discard. Yep. And when you pushed discard, it didn't save it. So... <laughs> So we were screwed day two, part yeah. two. <laughs> day two, part two. We didn't have our track back into it. And I actually talked about it on my video, too, about how we were going to use the track feature. <laughs> and was, it was awesome. It was going to be amazing. Yeah. And, uh, well, we uh, we screwed that one up. So, um, 
And once again, props to Brock. Dude literally gets out of the boat and just starts walking and finds <laughs> the gap again. Uh-huh. Like we were we were within a hundred yards of the gap. Like we were oh. we were really close, but we couldn't find it back and forth, back it and forth. It was ridiculous. Like I can't believe in the night you just can't see nothing. We thought for sure we we were like looking back, you can see like the tree line and we had landmarks picked out and then looking back towards the other side and you know but there's just there's little gap like you said it's like a little tiny channel that goes through all the brush or it's through bogs and uh and that's then, the, that's then, the only place we could go through and then to add to the frustration we were going through props like <laughs> jordan was going through the goose snack sticks on the way down yeah it was uh it was bad so we broke uh three props three props yep put went through three props that day and and, and side note eight way way more than three uh Goose snack sticks. So. Oh yeah, he <laughs> smashed them. Swamp man made the the specialty goose snack sticks. Yeah, we need to make a video sometime making the snack sticks. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. I'd love to that. learn the recipe. Um, but yeah, so we broke three props. It was unbelievable. And after you, we broke the second one, you said you you do knew you do realize, guys, what we're risking by going any further. We were on our last prop. No, yeah, I was like, no, we had one more to put on, yeah, and I really. said, I said, all right, if we break one more then we won't go any further and then daylight will be able to be careful and kind of to talk about the bottom of this marsh. Cause on the video, I got tons of people like, how are you breaking props in this? Um, it's like, it's muck bottom, but it's really weird. Cause it's very timbery and, uh, no joke. Like you could like just fill around for your next step to like find the next like log or down timber in the bottom of it. Like when we're walking across it, it's like you fill with your foot. There's that much lumber that you could just find another log to stand on. So, um, what happened was my, uh, my trim wasn't set right. To be honest, the trim, trim bolt, got a homemade trim bolt because of the way I got it set up on my, on my rig. It's just, honestly, it's not right. Uh, needs to be adjusted. So that doesn't happen. And so, um, when we're pushing through there, the, the motor was going a little too deep in the muck and hitting these logs and bam, we'd, we'd lose a prop. Cause we didn't lose one the first day. The second day, um, I don't know if it was just pure luck or, or if it was partly that trim thing. And I'm kind of leaning towards, I think it was partly that trim, um, putting it down in the mud a little deeper and hitting more logs. So we broke the third one. And we're like, all right, here we go. And, and literally I was, I was furious or I don't even know what the, there's, there's gotta be a right word because there's nothing to be furious at it, you know? So I don't feel like that's the right word i want to say like furious or Ag- livid aggravated i saw uh, aggravation in your eyes man. aggravated isn't strong enough though <laughs> i don't know i saw some very strong aggravation in your eyes that yeah moment. there's got to be a better word i can't think of it but uh i was furious livid whatever it was i was just <laughs> i was to'd <laughs> he was to'd folks <laughs> to'd i couldn't believe it and so we just because I mean, we're talking the day before, after we found these two holes, and we kind of argued back and forth, um, debated in a much more presidential way than we've seen some folks lately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, we we ended up picking one of the the spots back there that we'd hunted the day before, and we're we're talking like, oh, we're going to shoot, we're going to shoot some freaking limits. Like, uh, oh, I had super high hopes. Yeah. We thought we were, we were going to be right on the X, you know, from what we saw the day before. Um, and we ended up having to stop short, way short, and be way close to everybody else. Um, we didn't even get halfway to where we wanted to be. No, not even halfway. So, but we set up right there, didn't have a good hide. Um, and then to add salt to the wound, uh, we ended up finishing, the first flock we finished was 
I think it was six mallards, and like we we called them in, and honestly, side note, got it. We got a ton of hate on the video too for like calling, and uh, <laughs> and like first, I want to say a couple things. One, like we have duck calling that's very loud going through the mic of a GoPro that's on my head. Like the sound is distorted somewhat. Like it's not a a true representation of what a duck call sounds like. Um, when it's going through the, the, the GoPro, but that being said, I mean, we work these birds from across the marsh. They're flying. There's six or seven other groups in there calling and trying to work these birds. And we work these birds all the way over to our set. And, uh, you know, um, so I think that calling was on point, you know, I ain't trying to say we're perfect, but for all these haters out there saying our duck calling, our duck calling is garbage. It wasn't. We were finishing birds, and the only way they were finishing was by us working them and calling them in. In a place that we hadn't seen birds land the day before even. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. And so haters, just keep drinking the haterade. We're, <laughs> we're fueled by haters. So. I can actually, I got um, like an uptick in like hate comments, I swear, in, in those last two videos. I, I was literally telling George, or uh, Hunter, we were, I was working with Hunter to ask a dude. It's like, I don't think we ever got so much hate over <laughs> one video. yeah. Did you see, uh, I had one, I had actually a couple funny ones. Um, I mean, they just make me crack up at this point. Like I don't get upset about it. Like I said, fueled by haters. I I mean, (laughs) yeah, but, uh, some guy commented and said, I hope chief bites you. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I didn't see that one. (laughs) He just said, or no, he said, if I were chief, I'd bite you. That's all he said. (laughs) So, um, which I thought uh, it's just super random. And I've seen that guy comment on my videos before. And they're usually something. We should invite him on a hunt. Yeah, he'd probably love it. He, yeah. he talks all that that he hate, probably, but he, he probably doesn't even know a duck call. <laughs> yeah, he probably probably listen to the podcast right now. He's just he's just trolling us. So who knows? But uh, yeah. Um. So kind of to wrap up that hunt, the six birds that came in, poor shooting again. Brock yeah. land or Brock shot one. And I don't know how we just whiffed. We we both whiffed, and it was just a beautiful decoy. We should have, if someone was going to hate on something, nobody hated on that. That's what they should have been yeah, hating hate on, on, right? Our shooting man, our shooting <laughs> sucked. So we had a little bit of rough spurt there, but then, um, you know, uh, so we had that one that one mallard there. Um, I shot two wood ducks on the side. Yep. Um, Chief made a really cool retrieve on one. Where it dove down. You saw that in the water? Yep, I saw that. That's pretty cool. And Chief just like circled and circled. It's like he's, he knows the game now. You know, it's yeah. not something you had to train him. Um, it's just uh, something they learn over time after birds doing it. And I ended up calling him to sit next to me. I left the whole bit in there in the video, too, the whole section. Once the Just because I thought it was cool. And I literally freaked out because I thought that bird wasn't going to come up. I was like, I waited. I was like, no way. It just stayed in there so long. And then Chief saw it way before I did. And I was tra- trying to tell him to stay. And he's like, uh, there's the bird. <laughs> so he went after it. Um, I don't even know if I shot it in the brush or not. I might have whiffed th- on it. but I think you did, yeah. I might have. I just saw right where it went. And that's right when I got the the aim on him. So I pulled the trigger into the brush. But I couldn't see it by the time he he, he hopped into the brush. So, But Chief brought him back. And you know that was a really cool retrieve on that. Um, and then kind of top it all off, um, <laughs> we ended up packing it up kind of early cause we didn't want to run into any, um, prop issues on the way out and then be late in the day and we had to get back and all that. So we ended up packing it up probably a little earlier than we should have as far as hunting goes, but, um, for, you know, smart, smart choice on that. And literally we're just standing there. We literally have the boat blind cover up everything. And out of nowhere, this pintail, whips right into the decoys and um 
me and Brock both missed our first shot, and then I cracked it on my second shot on the way out, and I winged it, and it landed in the water, and um, sent Chief on it, and he made a heck of a retrieve all the way across. I mean, he followed that thing in the water. Like I said, it was just wings, so it was swimming. Chief was right behind it. He followed it all the way to the other side. Um, I mean, what do you think? Like 100 yards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably 100 yards. Into the other side, pulled it out, and came back. So, um you know. Yeah, at one point, you and Brock, I wasn't really watching the bird necessarily, but at one point, you guys thought the bird had went left. Chief goes right, and I was watching Chief. I, I felt like he was pretty birdy. I was like, I don't know. I think you should leave him, and you were asking for me to whistle right there. I was like, I don't know, and sure enough, Allie comes with the bird. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Sometimes you just got to let those <laughs> dogs do what they do best. Man. I know. It's, it's amazing. They just... I had I had similar uh, similar thing happen to me this past week with Ellie. Y'all got the birds over there, and oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they got the nose for it, and so, um, but yeah, so unfortunately, my camera wasn't rolling the whole time. I thought it was, um, so I didn't get any of that in video. All I got was just kind of showing it afterwards. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, so that that wrapped up the hunt. We actually made it out of there. We're all clinching a little tighter on the way out, hoping we wouldn't break a, a prop, and we made it out. So. Yep. Um, awesome weekend, great time. Um, you know, a lot of work for 13 birds, but you know, I, I do it again. So <laughs> I do it again for sure. Um, but yeah, kind of wrap that up. So it, people that listen to the podcast for a long time, a long time listeners, to the podcast and, and the YouTube channel, like I don't talk about this a lot, but, um, you guys know in the past I've had an infection that I've, uh, had to deal with. Well, it reared its nasty head again, and it was back. And it's, I mean, it's just awful. I hate dealing with this. I hate that it's a part of my life. But, uh, you know, it's something that I'm trying to, you know, with doctor's help and surgeries and operations, trying to get over. Um, but, you know, it's rearing its nasty head again. I actually had to have an operation. Um, and we were, we had, had talked about, you know, hunting again that weekend. And, um, you know, so I couldn't, I couldn't hunt that weekend um, is what it came down to. I had to, you know be down for the count unfortunately for that and so um you know nothing good to say about that just unfortunate but um zach ended up going ahead and you went with brock and you had another buddy with you right yep yep i took brock back up with me uh and took uh one of our friends brendan both are uh duck hunters but haven't been on a ton of duck hunts i mean several a year for several years but just you know not super experienced duck hunters there, um, but far from newbies. But we had a great time, did a little exploring up there, uh, walked into a pond, and um, we we drove Friday night again, got there, uh, took a little nap in the car, and uh, walked into a spot. And um, hey, Real quick, real quick, I want to stop you. I just want to mention something about this. So um, when Zach went up there too, he asked me, he's like, Hey man, since you can't go, um, I know you're planning to like film and all that. You want me to film for me? And I was like, man, that's such a weird idea. Um, but it's kind of a cool idea too. Cause you're, you're, uh, you know, by this point you're a character on the duck gun Chronicles, uh, duck hunting YouTube channel, you know, swamp man, everybody knows you on there. You've been on, uh, as many hunts as anybody, you know, um, especially the last year. And so, you know, I'm like, man, I think that's a, I think that's a good idea. So, um, hostile takeover, <laughs> hostile takeover, um, on the next two episodes in Duck Gun Chronicles, 
Um, I'm saying that now. I haven't looked at the footage yet, but um, I'm trusting you that it's going to be worthwhile making a video from. So, and I hope so because let me tell you guys, this was a fun hunt, just a fun experience of a weekend and a fun hunt. Um, so yeah, so so Saturday morning we walk in, um, get to the spot probably an hour before shooting light, hour and a half before shooting light, get decoy set you, up. You have any encounters on the way in? Yeah, so you guys will uh, hear about it in the video, but literally we're we're walking in and you know, we're walking through a woods. We we weren't on a path of any sort. We were just hoofing it through the woods about literally three quarters of a mile, according to Onyx. And um I got the dog with me, of course, little Ellie, and she's she's like thirty yards out in front of me and you know, I, I, you know, you can always tell like you're some, she's, she, she sees something, she smells something, she can hear something. And so I call her back to me and when I, when she gets a little closer, her back's all bristled up and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> we got something going here. And, uh, so we walk a little further, keep, just keep going. I, I assumed it was like a deer, possum, coon, something like that, you know, we'll keep, keep walking. And then I hear it and the thing's just keeping out in front of us a little ways. I'm like, it's a little odd. <laughs> and then sure enough, you know, we see the eyes get a little closer. And, um, the guy, the guy, the other guys that actually saw it in the spotlight and I kind of come over and I'm like, Oh, I see the eyes. And I walk up closer, not really knowing what it was holding Ellie by the collar. And, and then bam, kind of wheels around and starts to walk off. And I just see the rear end of a black bear. <laughs> I'm like, Holy smokes. That's pretty cool. It's kind of freaky too, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely make your, uh, make the hair on your neck stand up a little bit, but I'd seen some before and seen them on our property. So it wasn't nothing I hadn't seen before and knew they weren't very aggressive, but very cool to see for me. The other guys, they had never seen one growing up in Indiana. They were a little sketched <laughs> out, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely very cool. So we get in there. Um, we had plenty of time to set up, set our, set our decoys out. We had, uh, uh probably dozen and a half decoys total including three teal. I, um, I made the decision to not run a mojo. I wanted to try no mojo. We knew there'd be plenty of wind Saturday morning to have motion in the decoys. And I just felt like everybody else in that swamp ran a mojo the weekend before. So made a decision, no mojo. I don't really know if it helped us much or hurt us, but I mean, I feel like uh, I would do it again without a mojo, but I, I don't feel like a mojo necessarily hurts you. It might be a, I want to try this in the future out there too, but, um, I think it'd be a perfect area too for that motion duck decoy spreader too. Yep. For sure. For sure. So yeah, Saturday morning, just decoys. Uh, we had plenty of time to, uh, make a blind where there wasn't really much brush. We kind of got in there and and built up a little blind, pulling grass and weeds and whatnot, made, made enough of a hide, uh, so that we could be on the side that the wind was, uh, allowing us to be in. And, um, first light, I know I didn't get on the GoPro. I got it on the GoPro the next morning, but first before shooting light or anything, but you can just barely see a solid group of 80 mallards come right over our head and they're just getting (laughs) up and leaving. I know, but it's just still one of those things you see them come and you're just like, look at them. (laughs) You know, you're just like, Oh my goodness. And you know, you're calling, you're, you're hoping that they'll come down into your, at least peel off a few that'll sit there till it's shooting light. But just once again out there, and it's just so pretty. <laughs> and then you get that many birds. and But anyway, so yeah, shooting light comes and, uh, you know, some people start letting off a few shots in there. And then we had two mallards come in. 
and they circle twice and then come down feet down just pretty as can be and pull up and I shoot one Brock shoots one and this is where you know like I said before <laughs> Ellie goes out and retrieves the first one just makes a great mark sailed away in some thick stuff I mean you can't see the duck or anything she makes a good retrieve brings it right back and then this other one I'm like I send her out on it she makes a good mark she's going and then in my mind she's just not in the right spot I'm like you're you're not on it I'm like you're not where it landed and you know you're acting birdie but it's just not right so I go I ended up walking over there to her and by this time she'd gotten up on the bank into some thick stuff I'm like well maybe it did crawl off and sure enough I can hear her just absolutely booking it at one point like oh she's got to be chasing it and sure enough you know she comes out and it's in her mouth so I get back in the blind and um so we shot the two mallards and then a group of we'll have to look at, at the video I think it was six or seven geese and they're flying all the way across the marsh. And again, this is one more thing I'll talk about our, our hate comments. <laughs> they they took a whole circle around this thousands of acre marsh and had, I don't know how many hunters with geese decoys just calling at them. And I broke out the old goose flute that you guys hate so bad and got these six geese to come <laughs> in to a little tiny pond, little tiny little lily pad covered six inches of water pond come over the trees and cup down and just like dive bomb us. And so we pulled up and, uh, Brock dropped one. I dropped one. Brennan wasn't able to uh, drop one. He was having, uh, trouble cycling his pump. Um, but just, I mean, they just right down and you guys got to watch the video. Just, I, th- I, th- I think this video is just going to be beautiful the way they did it right down into us right there. And then, um, after that we had i think another group of two mallards or three mallards oh well before that though five mallards came and they landed on the other side of the pond just a little out of range as soon as they hit the water they jumped up took off i'm not sure what they didn't like about our spread or maybe they saw us or but they just they were they were skittish as soon as they water hit the water they just took right off um but then we had a group of three mallards come in um i shot I believe I shot two of those and then uh, Brock shot another one of those. And then I just hear wings when we were sitting there. I just hear wings on my left side. I just kind of like lean over real quick. And it's just a, ma- or a, a wood duck hen just zooming right over the, my left shoulder, low and fast. So I pull up real quick. Bam. I didn't even call a shot. It was just one of those things where it's just either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. So I pull up, bam, shoot the first time looking at the gopro i think i shot just under it and then got on that second one real quick and let it have it and i mean just graveyard dead <laughs> um <laughs> after that shortly after we had another goose come in we killed it um and then uh really cool we worked two two uh gadwalls for a while and uh even like on the way there uh brock had said you know if, if i kill a gadwall drake and it's decent looking i'm gonna mount it. i, I want to kill a gadwall so bad uh, and so these two come in and they were circling and circling. And then when they did it, they just did it so fast. It caught us off guard, honestly. Like they just come over the trees and then just straight down into the decoys. And I called the shot. They were like, you know, probably 10 feet off the water. And we pull up. I whiffed on my first shot. Just, <laughs> I don't even know where it hit. Shot cam wasn't on, so I'm not sure where it hit. And then, you know, shot cam picked up the second shot and, Brock and Brendan also whiffed on their first shot. And then these, these 
gadwall, they're just flying right at us. So I pull up, I line up on one, it's the Drake, and I just, I'm following it, I'm following it. I'm like, if he's going to fly at me, I'm going to let him get as close as he wants. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Brock shoots it and it hits the water. I'm like, all right, what is the other <laughs> one? It's flying right at me. Bam, shoot it. So yeah, so, so Brock ended up shooting the Drake. Just absolute stud Drake. You guys will see it on there, especially for early season. Beautiful Drake. Um, and he is mounting it. So congratulations to Brock on his first stud gag. Thank you. So that was awesome. Definitely a highlight of the hunt. Um, so that day we ended up with three geese and six six ducks, I think. We ended yeah. Up with nine. Yep. So six ducks, three geese, and finally it just got to the point where there was nothing really flying. And we were tired. We were, I called the hotel. I was like, hey, you guys ready for us? She's like, yep. I'm like, all right. You guys ready? <laughs> it's like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. So we we went back, got some food in us, took some, got some good sleep. And then uh, back at it again the next morning, walking in. Uh, you know, I'm just headlight into the path. I'm just getting it. I'm like, I'm just one track mine. Well, <laughs> Brock and Brendan had one track mine. That one track mine was, where's this bear at? <laughs> and so they're, they're shining their lights like off into the woods as we're walking there. Their heads are going back and forth like, where is this thing? Where is it? Where? <laughs> well, sure enough, Brock goes, oh, oh, Zach. I'm like, what? Look right here, right here. So I like back up. I go to him and I just see <laughs> one little little eye. I'm like, dude, that's, that's a reflector on a tree or something. It's not moving. It's not even blinking. He's like, wait. For what? And then it turned its head. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Those eyes are really, really, really wide apart and really high. <laughs> so I like, you know, being that's definitely not brave. I, I told them they're like, Man, you got some balls for what you did. I'm like, No, I'm just stupid. <laughs> but I, I whipped the phone out and I eased on down in there and I got about twenty, thirty yards from it and it, it turned around and wheeled on out of there, but looking at the video i didn't really get anything you can kind of see the eyes and that's about it but <laughs> so yeah they were they were a little shook up again so we go and get back in there and get the decoy set out and so you didn't have a loaded gun or anything when you walked up on it no no like i said I was just, it was not balls or anything it's just <laughs> i'm just dumb and tough i guess so <laughs> so yeah we we walked down in there we're setting decoys out and old brendan he goes hey man where's the tp at like, man, you got to go already? We we were at the hotel an hour ago. He's like, dude, just give me the teepee. I'm like, all right. So I hand him the teepee, and Brock and I are down there brushing in blind and hanging out. And all of a sudden, we hear Brennan. He's up in the woods. He's, hey, hey, bear, hey, bear, go on, <laughs> go on, bear. And shortly after, I mean, we're just sitting there laughing because we know he's up there trying to poop. <laughs> Next thing you know, he comes jogging down through the little path we walk in and his his waders aren't even all the way up <laughs> i'm like man did you even wipe he goes i don't know if i'm clean or not but he's like there was footprint or footsteps and they were coming to me man they kept on getting closer he's like i started yelling hey bear hey bear he's like it, they, they didn't stop <laughs> i'm like well i was like well if you need to go check yourself i understand <laughs> but you know day two it was not as hot as we wanted but it was still fun. We had one goose come in, killed him, um, and two drake mallards, one or two mallard hens. So we ended out with four mallards and one goose. 
Um, just, you know, just a fun hunt, but nothing hot and heavy like, like, you know, we were kind of hoping for, but. But birds decoying in and all that, Birds right? decoying in. One thing I will say about that day, we never had a bird that decoyed that left the spread. Mm-hmm. And we never, we never whiffed on any of them. We took, I told the guys that morning, I was like, uh, one thing I will say, I feel like we're shooting a little too fast. Let's like, slow down. Let's take our time on some shots and let's kill some birds today. And that's exactly what we did. So. Yep, killer instinct, right? <laughs> That's right. I put, I put, I put the uh, as my dad likes to say, I put the old starvation beat on them. So. Uh, nice. Yeah, definitely a awesome time out there, and um, you know, it's the kind of the crazy thing about public land, and um, you know, the real cool thing about it, and you know, Elliot said it here in the past, and and I really like the way he kind of kind of said it, but uh, you know, with public land duck hunting, it's it's the fact that anybody could go out there and get on those ducks and and you were the ones that went out there and and found the spot did the work called in the birds and and got it done so you know that's a you know big big thing about public land that's that's a lot of fun a lot of a lot of cool with the competition and everything as well so um but yeah i think that that pretty much wraps up the hunts um there and so uh let's go ahead and jump to kind of the lessons learned um uh from from the hunt and, and we kind of put a list here together before we started talking we kind of talked through it and made a list together um but you know the first thing i'll say is don't be afraid to move late um and, and kind of on that it's like we said on that first day of the, on the uh, first weekend you know we saw where the birds were going and we both did and you know i left an hour after shooting light you maybe left in a, a, a couple hours after shooting light and um you know we were able to definitely get more birds by making a move. Um, you know, and so I know a lot of people who, who will set up in a spot and they won't move. They'll just be like, no, I'm not going to move no matter what we're here. We sat here at, at first light. Um, uh, and, and there's different, you know, different situations, different places in the country. Um, but when you're in an area with a lot of birds and a lot of birds that are flying, you know, um, you never know when they're going to shut off. But, uh, I would say I'm definitely not afraid to make the move. A lot of times, if you're having a a struggle where you're at, um, you know, there's, there's always, it's like, what do you got to lose? You know? And for the most part, when I've made moves, it's been, um, more success. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it definitely paid off for both of us making that, that late move. No doubt about that. Um, so one of the things that I definitely learned, (laughs) Cause there was a couple times that first Saturday morning, or we had yeah Saturday morning, Friday night that I was, I was like, all right, I see some duck feathers. Um, let's just set up here. Mm-hmm. But you know, we we had we we knew where we wanted to get, and I know for a fact we wouldn't have killed nearly as many if we would have stopped anywhere before that point. So if if you if you've done your research, we hadn't we hadn't necessarily done scouting. I mean, we scouted the year before, obviously, but we hadn't never scouted this this year. But from our research, we knew where we needed to be, and we pushed for three hours and 40 minutes, and it paid off to get to that point. And I know we wouldn't have killed nearly as many if we hadn't made it to that point. So just keep pushing, guys. If if you know where you need to be, just don't don't second-guess it. Don't, don't settle for less. Just get to that point where you need to be. Yep, definitely agree with that. Um, next one I got is practice shooting before season. And this is honestly, I've had, I've had struggles in the past 
the beginning of season, especially years where I haven't done any shooting in the off season. Um, and kind of having the dove hunting and pigeon hunting during the off season definitely helps me kind of stay on track with my shooting. Um, because I kind of fall in this slump and I know what it is. I know it's like a mental thing where it's almost like freak out when, when you have a bird cupping right in front of you, I don't get my face all the way on the stock on the stock. I don't bear down completely on the bird. And if you just take your time, bear down completely on that bird and, and keep your, your eye on it and tracking it, then you're going to have, you know, shooting success. Um, and, and that's something for me kind of trying to stay in that mid season form, even through the off season, because, um, you know, and I hadn't done a good a job about that this year. I hadn't gone and shot clays at all. Usually I shoot a lot of clays, didn't shoot pigeons as much as I had in the past. Um, didn't shoot, we, we did do dove hunting. Um, and even then I, I think I struggled a little on the dove, the dove hunting. Um, but that's a total different beast a lot of times than a, a decoying duck. Um, so, you know, m- my thing would be lesson learned, lesson kind of reiterated. You really need to have your shooting form on there. Um, cause there's a lot of birds where I just clipped that were, that were crippled and mid season form, they just would have been stone dead. So, um, you know, do whatever you can guys to practice before season, you know, whatever little bit you can do is better than going into it, um, with no shooting. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, so my next topic is shooting lanes and communication. And I think that this is one of the things that gets messed up more than anything in duck hunting, as far as killing more birds. Um, and along with the communication, I'm going to start with communication. Cause I think this comes before your shooting lane, obviously a wise man, an old wise man that I used to hunt with down in Texas, old man, Donnie said, you got two choices, son. He said, you can keep watching these birds when they're flying in, or you can put your head down and we'll kill them. <laughs> And I've stuck to that. I, I truly believe that. I think, you know, if, if you got three guys out there hunting and you guys are all sitting there with your head up watching the birds, I think you're going to shoot less birds, you know, but, but there's still that communication level of it is, all right, who's, you know, you, you know, if there's somebody watching the birds, he needs to be letting the other guys know, all right, you know, they're at two o'clock, they're coming in or, you know, they're making the last circle on our, get, on our right side, they're getting lower, you know, get ready or whatever it be right there, whatever kind of communication you need to, to help your hunting partners, you know, be on that same level as, as you, if you're the one watching the birds, um, just knowing where they are. Cause you know, there's, there's times where you're hunting with people and they say, take them and you pull up, you look right and they're not right. You pull up left and they're not left. And then, you know, you're like, where, Oh, they're straight over top of me or whatever it be right there. And you, you know, you may not even get, you know, three shots off or you're rushing your three shots. So, so yeah, communication as far as knowing where the birds are and, you know, keeping keeping your heads down and being able to still know where the birds are, I think that makes a big difference when it comes to shooting more birds and getting more to work in. And then also, you know, killing more birds when you pop up because, you know, okay, they're on they're at 12 o'clock here right here in front of us over the decoys. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back to that same idea of killer instinct. And I think that goes into that same vein, kind of being efficient. If you have three birds in, you want three birds to go down. And um, and, and really when we're talking about this, there's one kind of blaring situation that we, we kind of look at from the weekend. We had three that cupped in um, and one landed and it landed a little further out. And then we had two that came in and right as we called the shot, they crossed paths. So um, we ended up shooting the same bird because when the shot was called, the bird was in Zach's lane. When we lined up on them, they crossed and then it was in my lane. So we both ended up shooting, you know, that, that same bird yep. 
because it just they just crossed and then nobody shot the one on the water so you know if 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 we either one of us would have took initiative to kind of communicate what we thought we should should do on that then uh <laughs> maybe we would have had um you know one two or three birds down from it instead of um just getting the one out of it so i, I think you know uh, there is a lot that goes into team hunting and, you know, especially when you hunt with the same guys all the time, you do have that opportunity to communicate and know how each other hunts. And oh, that's what I was about to say. I mean, by the end of the last year, you know, it was my first year hunting with you and Hunter, man, by the end of the year, even our calling got in sync, but you know, even like more, more specifically on this topic, you know, we were, we communicated so better. We were just on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was just a major difference when we'd hunt with somebody else or if it was just us three, you know, yep. we hunted so much together. By the end of the year, we're on the same page. Oh yeah, for sure. And so, uh, kind of jump to the next thing we're, we're talking about scouting. This is no, everybody knows it. You got to scout. Um, it's a little different when you go out of state. It's kind of, you know, more going on historical data and, you know, this is something more we can put from this weekend, um, into the memory banks and into the thought process for years prior. And, and kind of reiterates, you know, we all have work in, in, in life and, and other things that keep us from going out there. But man, if you can on a out of state or a weekend trip, you can go out there the day before, or even, you know, if you can go a day longer and maybe scout more that first day or whatever you have to do, because really not knowing the, the water situation, the water level and the options to get back in there really kind of bit us in the, in the butt. Um, you know, made us do a lot more work that, you know, some people wouldn't have been okay with. We were okay with it. We, we pushed through it and made it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> having a little bit more Intel on it would have been, would have been awesome. You know, it really wasn't that it wasn't an option for us that time, um, with the way we've done it, but, you know, maybe something to think about in the future, you know, if there's a low water situation and we're planning to go out there, um, something to definitely think about. Oh, 100%. Well, uh, my next topic there is getting into these public spots early enough. And I mean, obviously private spots enough. You don't want to be there setting decoys out late, but these early, you know, especially if you're going into a public spot, you've not been in before and you're not sure what you're getting yourself into or how many people are going to be there, you know, what side of the pond you're going to want to be in for the wind, you know, getting there early is just like, you know, I would rather get there an hour early and have time then get there an hour late and it just screws your whole duck hunt like you know you don't i didn't come this far to to be an hour after shooting light or or be setting decoys and the birds start flying or something like that so yeah getting in there early guys i mean it's gonna save you nine times out of ten i guarantee you you know if you're pushing it on time yeah it's just it's stressful too it means you're just not gonna enjoy it like like you should be enjoying it because I, I don't know about you guys but i hunt to enjoy it you know oh yeah for sure and i, and I put an asterisk next to this one because and we've gotten there so early but it's just like a reiteration that i mean we have to i mean especially going to these high competitive public land areas you know it's just the only it's really the only option unless you know something that everybody else doesn't which you know that would be a little bit more preferable than getting out there, um, you know, the night before. Uh, but yeah, definitely, it, that's really your only option in in these in these areas for sure. Um, and I know, you know, kind of, I, I kind of want to, you know, I guess put a bow onto that topic, you know, to end it off. But I know some, it's it's a love hate relationship with openers across the country. You know, anywhere where there's a lot of duck hunters, a lot of competition. If you want to hunt your opener, and I know Elliot avoids his openers just for that reason, um, but again, I will say it's a love hate thing because we love just the uh, 
we love the whole aspect of it. You know, it's not something we want to do every weekend, but you know, the certain times you're going to do it each year, it's a, uh, it's, it's an adrenaline rush for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I've told Jordan before, pulling the trigger is not the best part of it for me. It's just the experience. I, I love it all. I love, I, you know, just being around good people, being outdoors, you know, being with the dogs right there. And it's just some of the stuff that you get to do and see, you know, aside from shooting a bird or aside from stacking up limits of mallards, it's just stuff that you can't do anywhere else. That's for sure. Oh yeah. And so final one, I'll let you take this one. (laughs) Guys, do not leave the TP in the truck. We, we made, we made terribly bad decisions when we were, when we got into our hurry and said, Oh, we gotta get the, we gotta get the boat in the water quick, quick. Oh yeah. We got the TP guys. You know, and people actually commented in the video and I don't think I ever replied, but they, uh, there's a few people that said, um, Swamp Man, that wasn't enough because in the very beginning of the video, maybe not the very, very beginning, beginning of the video, it shows you cutting off one of your sleeves to go, uh, yep, to go, yeah, a little, do okay. the business. Well, <laughs> I will reply to all the comments about the, uh, the t shirt situation, well, a long sleeve t shirt situation, guys. I, uh, like I, like I said, didn't have any TP, I had a small, like, cloth rag in my gun bag, and that obviously wasn't gonna be enough, so I was like, all right, Jordan, grab my sleeve and cut it off, man. So <laughs> I, we cut one sleeve off, and I was like, I'm going to take the knife in there in case it's not enough as backup. And, um, yeah, to say the least, if you uh, paid attention to the video at the end, I had no sleeve left <laughs> on <laughs> on both arms. Just wearing a cutoff. Yeah, sun's <laughs> out, gun's out, man. So, yep. no, I didn't quite all didn't quite get all the way to the shoulders, but, yeah, I definitely had to cut off uh, both sleeves and uh, – make do with what i had um so yeah guys if uh if you're going to be in there for hours or if you just have bad bowels um take, <laughs> take some tp with you man or it, baby baby wipes is what i ba- got baby wipes are great they yep. are just yeah and those i i mean i've done videos i keep those in my blind bag i took them out because we used them probably to take a dump sometime <laughs> and uh and they they were sitting right in the middle console of the truck and didn't make it back into the blind bag in our hurry and we forgot that, and we forgot energy drinks, too, sitting in the front console. So, uh, yeah, got in a little hurry. Don't forget don't forget the important stuff. But um, I think that's a pretty good place to go ahead and wrap this uh, this podcast up. Um, you know, definitely appreciate you coming on, man. That was awesome, awesome podcast. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was a good time. Yeah, so I will say, like I said, um, his hunts the next weekend are going to be on there. Don't worry, guys. I will be back to the hunting and filming and all that. Um, but appreciate Zach taking taking the reins for a week, making no a video. Man. I hope they like it. Yeah, hope I hope it uh you know does good on the channel. Um, for everybody out there, hope you guys check it out. And we do have a uh, it's not a bet. I don't know what the right word is for it, but we talked about this. Um, you know, it was actually the one year anniversary of the nickname Swamp Man coming to to existence. Yep. And we talked about him changing his Instagram handle. I'm like, I almost said it as a joke. Hey, man, you're gonna change your Instagram handle to uh, Swamp Man? He's like. He's like, when we hit a video on YouTube that gets 30,000 views, um, then I'll, I'll change it. Um, and right now it's Z-O Hunts. I don't know if you care if I say it or not. No, but. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care at all. It's, it's Z.O.Hunts. You guys can uh, look me up there. But soon, hopefully, guys, super soon, if with, with y'all's <laughs> help, it will be Swamp Man. So 
So, so get a, are you going to hold it to us? We have to get a video of thirty thousand before you're going to switch it. Yeah, it's got to be thirty thousand guys. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, we can get there. I have no doubt in my mind. So yeah. thirty thirty thousand videos and 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 Zio hunts is gone. Yeah, thirty thousand thirty thousand views. So yep. I think the most we've hit on one is like twenty some. So yeah, so you're almost there. Almost there. Almost there, man. One of these hunts, may you know who knows? Maybe this hunt right here. You're talking about how. Uh, how this bird's dropping in, we'll see. So, <laughs> hey, I hope I got some good videos. I, I'm new to the whole videoing at all, but uh, hopefully, I did decent. Hopefully, I brought a brought some good content for Jordan to play with and get out there for you guys. So awesome! Definitely watch it. Get us if you get us to thirty thousand views and Jordan's not in it, he might be a little mad. Too. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That would be That'd a tough. Be a little build. bittersweet. <laughs> nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah I'd, I'd be all happy. So, um, but yeah, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week of the duck gun podcast um all right i'm jordan duck gun chronicles zach swamp man and we'll see you guys on the next one thanks for listening guys